Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. The privilege of committing one's life to Jesus Christ and being born again is without a doubt one of the greatest gifts from God to man. In this Friday Salvation Teaching, Bishop Dag will share with you seven reasons why being born again remains the most important thing that any person can ever experience. Today's message will teach you why being born again is God's desire for every human being. Let us enter into today's teaching that will re-emphasize the importance of salvation and that a soul is precious to God. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to share your word, to be in your house and to worship you. We thank you for the great blessing of knowing you today we ask you to touch our hearts by your Holy Spirit minister to our souls Lord cause us to serve you better and with more understanding thank you for a great blessing today in Jesus name and everyone shouted amen you may be seated well Today is a special Sunday because we are celebrating as a medical school 50 years. We are 50 years old. Hallelujah. And so that is why I'm wearing the medical school shirt in solidarity with the school. And um, just to make a few comments to add to what the prof said, Professor Tete was one of my teachers when I was in, uh, <laughs> doing pathology in the, my final year in the medical school, I remember clearly. And um, the medical school, I'm sure those of you who are in Lighthouse have heard me talk about the medical school a thousand times over. Because it is, it's perhaps one of the most important important and formative uh, periods of my life was the medical school. Seven years. I was in medical school from 1982 to 1989. And I went through many experiences there. And um, I suffered many things there. But by the grace of God, I passed all my exams and I even won prizes. Hallelujah. I was the best student in pathology in my year, and there was no prize. So, that is why the Lord touched my heart to give a prize for the best student in pathology. And so, I've been sponsoring the best student in pathology every year for some years now. Um, I think that uh, the medical school uh, is a really, really, really good school. I learned many, many things from, from, from the school. 
which are helping me as a pastor and helping me as a leader. Especially how to survive. How to go through difficulties. How to overcome. How to study. I don't think any other course in the school, at least in our time, there was no course comparable to medic, medicine or the medical school in any form or fashion. My wife was a law student. Why don't you join me up here? You can also talk because she was a, she was a semi-medical student. But she was always coming to visit me. She was always visiting me in Kolebu, so she knows all my troubles. And um, at the medical school, we learned a lot of things, how to survive, how to be wise, even just how that you have to pass the exam first before you become a doctor. Because one of the things you have to learn in school is to pass an exam. It's the hurdle that has been placed before you pass. And then after that, you can be a doctor. And up till today, I remember so many things. All the doctors and so on who are with me, they're always amazed at the things that I, I know. Many of them is from school days because the experiences of the school had a way of, you know, teaching. These art students, they don't learn much. I mean, you see, they just, they just go a few lectures. Sometimes they don't even go for the lectures. Then they come and write the exams. And you see that they've got a, a B and what have you. But it's, medical school is not like that. And for me, because I was fair-colored and I had a friend called Stanley, he was a white guy. So the two of us can never cut any lectures. We have to be there because when we are not there, they know that where are those two guys. <laughs> so I attended the school fully because of my color. Do you understand? <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have run away from so many lectures. But it was a great experience. And I want, to thank, I want to thank the medical school for being what you have been to many, many doctors that you have produced. And um, I also want to thank you for the honor of coming all the way here. I want to say thank you, especially to Prof. Tete, for choosing us to come to worship with us. Uh, our church, this church began in Kolebu. It began when I was a medical student, when I was in, um, I think I was in, um, yeah, just after M- MB3, we went to, we came to Kolebu, and then around that time we started. So around 1987, 88, we started, and then through um, final part one, part two, and then after I qualified, then we moved to the canteen where we were for about a year plus, and then we went to Kolegono. And from Kolegono, we were assisted to come here (laughs) by the government. Amen. Hallelujah. So, thank you for the honor, and I want you to know that the school, medical school, is a school that I cherish. There are many things that we do in our Bible school. We have a Bible school and a seminary, one of the largest in the country. And many of the things we do in the school are patterned after the things we learned in medical school. In fact, uh, the the head of the school, one of the heads of the school is Dr. Asumeni. Can you stand up, please? Hello. 
Hallelujah. Am I still on? What's going on? Can you still hear me? No. All right. During the next government, we've been told from December 7th, there will be no more light off. The light off is spoiling all the things in the country. If you vote for me, I'll make a dam on every river in Ghana. Will you vote for me? My policy is if there is a river, it must be dammed. If there is a river, it must be dammed. We are damming all rivers in my party. Eh? That's what we are going to do. So make sure you see my face and vote for me when you are voting. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah. So one is, I want to say thank you. And, and I said, Dr. Sumeni, he's a product of University of Ghana Medical School, also a gynecologist. He's the principal of the Bible school and is really lecturing. I'm sure those are some of the students there. God bless you. We want you to know that it, medical school teaches you more than medicine, teaches you about life and many other things. And so it's a great blessing. I want to ask my wife to say a few words because she was an associate medical student in those days. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, I want to add my voice to my husband's to say thank you for choosing Lighthouse Chapel. You could have gone anywhere else. But thank you for the honor of coming here. And he says that I was a medical student by proxy. Yes. And I also graduated to become a medical doctor. <laughs> and I say that because even in the church, sometimes the medical doctors, the ladies, they have called me when their children are sick at midnight. They said, Mommy, we've given the paracetamol, but it's not working. I said, oh, double the dose. I'll be there. Double the dose. <laughs> so yes, I've learned a lot from him. And I want to say also that the investment of government and the investment of the school in his life has not gone waste because the Healing Jesus Crusade, which goes to many places where they don't have any medical facility or medical access, has been able to have mobile clinics everywhere. And um, it's been at great cost and great sacrifice, but I believe it's been worth it. And what they've done is they've followed up sometimes to bring some of the patients here, in, here to Accra, the hospital and some other health facilities to help the patients. And that has gone down very well. And also the Healing Jesus Crusade or the Healing Jesus Center has been involved with the blind, the deaf, the dumb. I think that all that can trace their roots to the fact that my husband is a, was a medical student and now a medical doctor. <laughs> and um, the hospital is also a 40-bed hospital, so the investment has not gone waste. Many times people say, how can government invest in a person and then he becomes a preacher? But when you become a politician or an aspiring president, you don't get such flack. But I just want to encourage your hearts that all is not lost. The 40-bed hospital is just on the road behind me. And that is all because of the input that the medical school made 
in his life and mine. My life has also been enriched because I've been forced to learn medicine. And I've been forced, although I don't think I indulge in malpractice, but I've been a doctor to some extent. So God bless you and thank you for your investment. We have orals in the church because of you, Viva, and the students have to sit with their lecturers and they, ha they have must know verses. It's not easy for them. Students, am I right? <laughs> and it's all from the medical school. So God bless you and we pray that we will be able to help in whatever way we need to help. But um, when we were in Kolebu, we tried to adopt a, a ward in the children's block. And we worked in conjunction with uh, Mrs. Hesse. And we are still open to any such thing. So God bless you. And long live the medical school. Long live Lighthouse Medical School Friendship. And long live the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Give a clap offering to my... Wow, gently, gently, gently. Hand over power. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. All right. Glory to God. Yeah. So I thank God, as, as my wife said, we thank God for medical school. Other doctors, uh, have, other people have been trained in a profession and they have changed their profession to do other things. I'm still a doctor though. I still practice medicine. But others have been doctors and they've left it into politics. Can you mention some? If we can mention some. Huh? Dr. Mahama of PNC. He became a presidential candidate. Dr. Uh, the heart surgeon. Dr. Frimpong Martin also became a presidential candidate. Nobody say anything about that. Adoku Ford became a defense minister buying guns <laughs> instead of giving injections. And then Dr. Who? Huh? Professor Kosa, also a pathologist, also became a presidential candidate. And then Atta Kennedy also became a... So, doctors, the training is working. We are healing the nation. Give the Lord a clap offering for the Ghana Medical School. It has done a great work. God bless you. This morning, I want to um, share with you on the subject, born again. Born again. Amen. And John chapter 3 is my scripture. Born again. There was a certain man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, and the same came to Jesus by night. All right? And he said, Rabbi, no one can do these things except God is with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? and be born and Jesus answered and said 
I say unto thee, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse 7, marvel not, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Amen. In other words, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So I want to share with you seven reasons why you must not be surprised that you need to be born again. Seven reasons why you... The first reason is because man is a spirit and he has a soul and he lives in a body. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. The, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, the Bible says, The God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice this verse. It says, I pray, if you don't have a Bible, it's on the screen. I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body are preserved blameless. So this, when Jesus said be born again, Nicodemus was surprised. But he was surprised because he did not know seven things. One of the things he did not know was that man is not just a body. Amen. Man is not just a body. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives in a body. So, you as you sit there, are, we can see your body. But inside you, there is a spirit. And the spirit, you have a soul. So, this is very important that you know. Because when you see somebody, you are seeing the body. And the body doesn't live forever. But the soul or the spirit lives forever. Okay? So, anybody who is alive here today, you will live forever. And, but your body will not live forever. Your body will lie down and sleep and decay and turn into dust. Okay? And it will grow in the cycles of the earth. If your ashes are sprinkled in the sea, a red fish may eat some of your ashes. And a fisherman from Choco may buy, may catch the red fish. Your wife may go and buy it at Jamestown. And you may fry that fish before you realize you are eating your relative. Or you are eating somebody who was sprinkled in the ocean. What a shock. So, it is important that that body is not what lives forever. There is a spirit in a man. And that spirit will live. So, Professor Mills is still alive. He's somewhere. He's alive. In fact, the Bible tells us that there was a certain rich man which fed sumptuously every day, was clothed in purple and fine linen. And it came to pass that the rich man died. And in hell, the Bible says in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And he seeth Abraham far away. You know, 
and Lazarus in his bosom. Because the Bible tells us that there was a poor man called Lazarus. And Lazarus was laid at the gate of the rich man full of sores, desiring to eat from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. I think we see that picture today. We have poor people with ulcers, Buruli ulcers, and all kinds of chronic, incurable ulcers. If you don't believe it, you can come to the surgical block. You will see them there. The whole leg is covered with fantastic sores and ulcers. And the Bible says that dogs lick the sores. You think it's a, it's a dream, but it's real. Because the sores produce exudate past blood and all kinds of things reactions go on there and so the the, the, the the poor man could not afford a nurse so the dogs would come and take away lick away the fresh pass and exudate and all the things that were coming out every day so the dogs were his nurses are you still understanding what I'm saying and the Bible says that the poor man died also died and when he died, he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. Who was carried to Abraham's bosom? Who? The poor man. But we know that the poor man died. The Bible says the rich man died and was buried. The poor man, he did not mention his funeral because I'm sure that it wasn't something... Maybe they just threw him into a mile 11 somewhere and that was it. But the rich man, Bible says he died and was buried, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. Which eyes? I thought that his eyes were in the grave. No, his eyes were not in the grave. The eyes of his body was in the grave. But he, his spirit, the man, you see, that's what the Bible uses certain terms. Three times the Bible uses some terminology. It says the hidden man or the inner man. Or the inward man. This is terminology in the Bible. The hidden man. The man you can't see. Or the inner man. The man inside. Or the inward man. The man who is on the inward part. Is there. And you can see. You know when this story of Lazarus and the rich man. You can sort of get a picture of a man. You can see a man. Because he said. The rich man saw Abraham with his eyes. And the eyes must have been in the head. And he seeth Abraham afar off and crieth with his vocal cords. So he must still have vocal cords, but not the physical ones were in the red sand down there, in the heat, decomposing. And he crieth and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented in this flame. And he said, I pray thee, send Lazarus. That he may tip the tip of his finger. Remember. Remember that his finger is in the grave. But now they are mentioning finger. I thought his finger was in the grave. But he seems to still have a finger. And the finger is attached to the hand. Which is attached to the arm. Which is attached to the upper arm. And connected to the body. So that's why you need to be born again. Because it's dead. The spirit is dead. You don't know God. Do you remember when Adam was in the garden of Eden? The Lord said to him, the day you eat it, you will die. 
You will die. Did he die? Did he die? Did he die physically? He didn't die physically. So that means God was lying. No. A part of him died. The spirit of the man died. He lost connection with God from his heart. His spirit was dead. So when you are born again, the spirit of the man is born again. Comes alive again. That is why Jesus said, I am not saying you must be born of the flesh. You must be born of the spirit. The heart and the spirit and the soul of the man comes alive again. You were born in sin. We are all born in sin. Why do you have to do an exam two times? Why do you have to do it again? For the first time, it wasn't good. You didn't do well. You are referred. When we were born the first time, we were born in sin. You are born into death. No one taught you how to sin. How many have done something bad? No one told you to do it. You just felt like this is the thing to do today. Raise your right hand. How many people are here who have told lies before? Lies. Effortless lies. Effort. Even between yesterday and today, effortless. Thieves. How many have stolen something before? Have you stolen chicken from your mother's soup before? Yeah. You see, you see now? You are a thief. A liar. How many have committed fornication before? The Bible says if you look at somebody to last after the person, you have already committed fornication. So let's go over it again. How many have committed fornication before? Aha. Everybody is raising their hand now. So you see, your heart is dead. You sin effortlessly. That is why you need to be born again. And that's why we say, what a difference you made in my life. That is why we say, great change has come over me that is why we say i am a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new hallelujah many people don't understand what it means to be born again number three the spirit of a saved man is righteous and truly holy the spirit when somebody is saved when he's born again okay he's righteous and truly holy amen so your heart is changed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, when a man is in Christ, he is. Not that he is trying to be a new creature. He is a new creature. But which part is new? Every part seems to be the same. But something is new about him. His soul, the heart, the spirit is born again. Number four, after you are a newborn baby, your spirit is a newborn baby and it must grow. You have, your spirit is a newborn child, okay? And it must grow. That is why 1 Peter chapter 2, that is the principle number 4, your, your, your spirit is a newborn baby and it must grow. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Grow. Grow. Everybody say grow grow say grow i need to grow i need to grow how will the baby grow by drinking milk and the milk is the word of god so after you are born again you can be a little tiny little baby born again never growing and when you are a little big baby you're a little baby you never gain control over your body 
Have you noticed babies have no control? They wee-wee everywhere. They poo-poo everywhere. They do anything anywhere. The president can be there. They'll just go, like You say, oh, how? Because the baby has no control over his body. So when you see baby Christians who've never developed their spirit, they're just like unbelievers. That's why a lot of people claim they're born and they, they behave just like unbelievers. They are full of wickedness, full of fear, full of lust, full of every bad thing. But you think they are not born again. But they are born again, but they have never grown. They've never developed spiritually. They've never bothered to be serious with God. You come to church for 30 minutes on Sunday and you finish with God. How can God be finished with, with 30 minutes once, once a week? How can you finish with God? God cannot be finished with. You are the one who is finished. God is not finished. You can't just dispense with God. God is not a fool. God is not mock. God is not nothing. God is not some heir. God is the one who made you and me. He's somebody who must be followed and worshipped and served persistently with all your heart and your soul and all your mind and your, your heart. Everything you must follow God. can't just finish with God. 30 minutes you just dispense with God and move on with your life. There's nothing like that. No. You can't. And number five, what's principle number one? Let me go through. Principle number one is what? After you are saved, I can't hear you. Say it again. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Principle number two. The spirit of an unsaved man is dead. The heart is dead. When you are not born again, you are a wicked man. You are evil. That is why democracy has come. Because we cannot allow one wicked group to stay for too long. Yes, that's why democracy has come. There is very little difference between NDC and NPP. If you will be very honest... Apart from maybe tribal differences. Most of the governments we have had have the same characteristic. Most of them, not all. And the simple characteristic is poor governance. Poor ability to lead. Poor ability to generate wealth. And to let the people of the country prosper. It's characteristic of all, all, all the sides. Well, we have had all sides. And you see that when one group is in power, you will hear fantastic stories of stealing. Ice! When MPP was in power, this last time they were there, I mean, we had some fantastic stories. How they are chopping money. How they've chopped. And now NDC is that we are hearing more stories. Goodness, ice. Chopping, chopping, chopping. Hey! Hmm. So, Charlie, Mokwayani Mokwabakeke, that's all. Let us be changing them. You see, because they are unbelievers. Uh-huh. They are unbelievers. So, we shall do musical chess. Today you win, tomorrow you are out. In, out, in, out, in, out. So that we balance it. Well, if one group is there without limitations, it's not good for anybody. Because. That's how human beings are. When Hitler came into power, he had absolute power. 
I mean, he just said, Jews are bad. Let's kill them. And they started to hunt. They had a meeting in a place called Van Zee. Van Zee in Berlin. And they took a decision that they were going to exterminate. At first, they were deporting. You see, when your power becomes limitless, by 1941, the, the power was so much. And they had, over, they had 1939, September 1st, they took um, Poland. By June 1940, they took France and most of Europe. Their confidence was building up and their power was growing. At first, they started to just harass Jews. Then they decided to deport them. But at a point, they were deporting and deporting and nobody could receive us. We can't receive any more Jews. So they said that, let us have a solution to this problem. That's what they call the final solution. And let us exterminate them. So they started shooting them. Then when Heinrich Himmler, the commander of the SS, came into, uh, the, he saw them executing some Jews. He said that the German soldiers cannot stand it because they just shoot them in cold blood. Women, children, men, everybody. So he said, let's find a way to kill them in a way that we don't feel so bad. So let us get a gas. So they got the gas. And they put them in a room like this. Thousands. They came from every country. Every country where they had power. Too much power of a wicked soul. They took them from every country. In fact, a few months before the end of the war, they found 700,000 Jews in Hungary. And they sent a certain man called Adolf Eichmann to go there. And he arranged trains. Even though they needed arms and troops and they were losing the war, said, no, let's rather take them quickly and kill them, kill them, kill them. He was able to take, before the war ended, 400,000 Hungarian Jews. He was able to take them. That's what I'm explaining, that human beings, we are wicked. They killed them, and when they killed them, they opened their mouth and took all the gold from their, from their teeth. They used their blood to make teeth, gold, and they made gold. They took their skin. Some of the people, there was a lady called Emma Grace, she had, she was a woman um, uh, guard in the camp. She walked around with a pistol and a whip. She whip you, shoot. She just, they just shoot anybody they like. When they see a tattoo on your skin, they take your skin. Say, remove her skin. And they take your skin off and use it to make lamps. When the war was over, they found many lamps, lampshades, human lamps, human lampshades. They have made human beings. They did experiment, doctors did experiment because they had power. Let us see how long you can survive in cold water. They make an ice water with freezing. They put you inside, experiment to see. They, they chart, you see the charts there, 88 minutes. This one survived 88 minutes before he died. 85 minutes, this one survived 75 minutes like that. Then let us try and see the effect of head injuries. Then they put hammers on them. They'll hit them. They'll put somebody there, they'll hit with hammers like that. They need to see the effect of the head injury. They experiment to see how the effect of burn. They'll burn you and see how you survive. Inject you with tuberculosis. Inject you with bacteria. Inject you. Doctors, Joseph Mengele and other. There was a doctor who came to work in the Volta region called Horst Schumann. He was working in the Volta region in Ghana. And Krumah was protecting him. The day Krumah was overthrown, the next day he was taken out of Ghana. by The, the Jews were watching him. Yeah. They came all over. Wicked. When I talk about wickedness, I say that the heart of an unsaved man is, is full of wickedness. Killing people. Yeah. That's why I said, so let's be changing them. Every few years, we just change over. 
So let a new group come. Because as they, are, as they stay longer, you see, by the time when they, the, the power is becoming more, then you see that themselves are coming. Yeah. That's why we need to be born again. Your heart is wicked. And at the trial, they were sitting there. They played, they played the films for them. They played it for them. Look at the signatures. Is that your signature? They signed 10 million, 400,000 from Poland. This from this, this from this. Only two of them admitted. There was a general called General Hans Frank. He's called the butcher of Poland. He butchered all the dudes. There was not even one left in, in Poland. He killed all of them. The butcher of Poland. And as they were watching the films, the women, they killed them, then they cut off their hair. All the hair and use it to make mattresses. So they had sacks of human women's hair. I'm talking about human beings. This is what we are capable of doing. They made mattresses and hair. That's how we are. That's why Jesus said, I'm surprised that you, you, you are surprised that you must be born again. <laughs> I'm surprised that you are surprised. That's it. Because every, I say, and that's what Christianity is different from every, Christianity is not pray four times, give this money, do this, do this. No, Christianity is, you must be born again. When you are saved, when your, your heart is changed, and you become a new person, you become a new creature, not on the outside, but on the inside. Something on the inside is working on the outside. And that is why we are preaching for people to be saved and their hearts to be changed. For people to know God and to be changed in their hearts. Unless Christ changes you and saves you, there is no hope. There is no hope for mankind. Hallelujah. Are you glad I'm a preacher? Hmm. Amen. How many points have I given you? Four, number five. I finished. After you are saved, your mind is the same. You need to be preached to all the time. What the Bible says in Romans 12, be, be renewed in your mind. And number six, after you are saved, your body is the same. You need to keep it under control. Your flesh doesn't change. And number seven, after you are born again, your mind is open to all kinds of thoughts. You must learn to control the thoughts in your mind. Amen. So being born again is a vital thing. And I don't know if you are here today, you are not born again. You must be born again. You must be saved. We have so many terms for born again. One of the terms is saved. I'm saved. Are you saved? Are you born again? Are you changed? Are you converted? Are you a Christian? Uh-huh. All these is very important. And, and after that, you must grow. That's where church comes in. That's where church attended. That's where prayer. That's where reading the Bible and all these things. That's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. Amen. Yeah. That's why when I look at the political parties, if I could join one of them, I would join. But when I look, I say, this is a group of unbelievers. And this is another group. And they are fighting among themselves. They hate each other with, with passion. You should see them. If they care themselves, they will even kill themselves. Why should I join them? I, I belong to Jesus. And nobody should, nobody should label any church that this church is for this or this church is for this. Anytime I do a poll in my church, I've done two polls. Hello? I do poll, polling. Hello, can you hear me? During the next this thing, there will be no more light off. What is, what is happening? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. What was I saying? Whenever I do polls, I get 
50 plus 1. Half of the, half of the people are NDC, half of the people are MPP in the, in the church, this church. Half. Last week I did a poll. I had 50% plus one. One party won. The week before, another party won 50% plus one. So it's one one. The third poll, I'll tell you, the last poll before the elections. Don't come and tell us we are here or here. Yeah. If I could join, I would join. I don't care about that. I would say, well, as for me, I support these people. How can I support unbelievers who are fighting among themselves? Do they love us? Do we have water in Accra? Do you have water in Adenta? Do you have water in Teshi? Do you have water in Labadi? Do you have water in Ashoman? You are, lead, you are leaders, there's no water. When there's water, we will vote. Is there light? Is there road? Hmm. Hey. That is why we spend our time telling you must be born again. You must be born again. Marvel not that I say you must be born again. Don't be surprised. It's not a surprise. It's rather, you should not be surprised when you know how we are. We really need to be changed. And I thank God that I'm saved. Are you glad that you are saved today? Do you want more people to be saved? Next week, Sunday, bring more people to come to hear the word of God and to be saved and to give their life to Jesus. Stand to your feet, everybody. Marvel not. Marvel not. Don't be surprised that I say, and today, you must be born again. Every head bowed, please, for a moment. Just one. I'm just praying a short prayer as I take my seat. If you are here today, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to be born again. Jesus said, except a man is born again. Listen carefully. Except a man is, he cannot enter. That means that if you are not born again, you will not go to heaven. You will not. You will go to hell. It's very serious. And so as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to God. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If you are here like that, just raise your hand where you are standing. And I'm going to help you and pray with you to give your life to Jesus Christ and to be born again this morning. God bless you. Just lift up your right hand if you want to be born again. I see so many hands. Lift it up high. I see your hand. I see your hand everywhere. Lift it up. Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. God bless you. God bless you. Upstairs in the balcony, wherever you are, I want Jesus Christ. Pastor, pray with me. Help me. I want God to come into my life. God bless you. If you've lifted up your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Come to me in the front here. Come from where you are standing. Just come to the front here. I'm going to pray with you right here. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. God bless you. Come. Come from the back. Come from wherever you are standing. Come let me pray with you. I want to be born again. I want Jesus Christ. I don't want to go to hell. I want God. Come out of your seat and come to God right now. Come to Jesus. God bless you. All to thee, my blessed Savior. Come to Jesus. Come to the cross. Come to God. Tonight, today, God is calling you. God is reaching out to you. God wants to save you. Encourage them. Keep clapping as they come. Keep clapping. More people are coming. I surrender all. Surrender. 
I surrender all to Jesus. Come, 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 come. Let me pray with you. I want to give my life to God. I don't want to go to hell. God bless you. Ah. Lift your hands, all of you in front here. I'm going to pray. And everybody also lift your hand and join me in this prayer. Those coming from upstairs, quickly join us. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Whatever I pray, pray after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for today. I know I am a sinner. Everybody pray with me. I know I'm a sinner. Oh God, Please forgive me. Today, I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me. Please wash me. Please cleanse me. Clean me, Lord, of all my sins in the blood of Jesus. Today, I give my heart. I give my life. I give my soul to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. In Jesus' name. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.